Hey, welcome to another beautiful day. You're listening to the Positive Vines Winecast, where my love for all things wine and the wonderful people who make it possible come to life. I'm your host, Diane Roberts. Hello there, Positive Vines friends. Cheers. And welcome to Season 1, Episode 1, Connecting the Dots Between France and Texas. For today's sampling, I've got a wine with an interesting lineage, and it's made by Texas's own McPherson Wines in honor of the Vanita House. Now, the Vanita House is the homestead of Dr. T.V. Munson, who I'm going to feature in this wine cast. If you're someplace where you can grab a glass of wine, please do and join me. I'm going to tell you all about my experience in Denison, Texas, which is right up the road from Dallas, kind of to the northeast, I guess I'd say. And we're going to learn a little bit more about Dr. Thomas Volney Munson. After you've listened to this winecast, you may want to go to my blog post at PositiveVines.com for a little more information on Dr. Munson. There's a really deep, rich history between the country of France and the state of Texas going back to the mid-1800s. Obviously, in the mid-1800s, there were a lot of French people going back and forth between what is now the United States and France. And one of the things that the French colonists took back with them were cuttings from our vineyards. Obviously, the French had been producing wine for quite a while, and they thought that these cuttings could be of interest to produce some new varietals. The problem is though that when they took the vines back, this sneaky little insect pest, um, commonly known as a grapefruit aphid, decided to hitch itself back. Now this was a pest that was pretty common in the States, and you had people like Dr. Thomas Volney Munson who were really working to develop a rootstock that would work well here in the U.S. in order to, I guess I'd say, eradicate the effects of that particular aphid. I don't know if you could completely get rid of them out of of a harvest, but he wanted to eradicate it or at least minimize their impact. So two French entomologists, Antoine Signoret and Jules Lichtenstein, reached out to Dr. Munson because the French were busy trying to use chemicals that were available in the day and organic methods to rid themselves of this pest that they really didn't understand. They hadn't seen this in France. And this is such a small insect that you can't see it, obviously, unless you're looking for it. It really doesn't make itself known or, or present itself until you start to get things like wilted leaves and black spots and things like that. And as my gardening friends will tell you, that is particularly um, frustrating when you've got beautiful roses and the leaves start getting those dark spots. These two entomologists reached out to Dr. Munson because they had read about his work with creating rootstock in the U.S. that was disease resistant to what they believed was the same insect that they took back to them. Dr. Munson was great about sending it. He sent all kinds of varietal cuts of the rootstock. And remember, it wasn't necessarily the grapes that the Frenchmen were interested in growing. It was finding the rootstock that you could graft onto a particular type of grape varietal so that this insect would no longer decimate the vineyards. 
I mean, in the mid-1800s, it was pretty bad. I think that there were estimates of up to a third of the vineyards had already been destroyed, and they couldn't figure out how to work through this. So one of the things that was really cool about this visit that I mentioned earlier when I went to Denison was I actually got to go to the TV Munson Memorial Vineyard and Center, and this is at Grayson College. I went there last year, kind of towards the middle of November 2019. Leaves were still on the vines, and we had just experienced our first cold snap. And I wanted to go see what were the varietals that Dr. Munson had grown, and why was this so important to the state of Texas that a local college would actually reproduce his work and keep it going on. A gentleman by the name of Andrew Snyder who leads the program at Grayson College because they actually have a viticulture and winemaker program there, he was gracious enough to take me on a tour of the vineyards. For the purpose of this wine cast, I was able to get a few audio snippets from Mr. Snyder where he's talking about growing conditions, how they get the root stock so they can send it out, and why this is so important and, and people just love this rootstock and are so invested in what Dr. Munson did. Now I want to apologize first. It was extremely high winds here and anyone who knows anything about North Texas weather, because we're a little flat, you know, when the winds come through, they come through. So the audio quality is not as great as I would like it, but we'll get better at that as time goes on. Mr. Snyder had a new trainee with him, and the two of us were able to walk the vineyards with Mr. Snyder and understand the impact of the prior evening's cold snap on the varietals. Zimmerlows, uh, we, we do not harvest grapes from here. This uh, particular uh, vineyard is basically a nursery. So what happens is, you know, we had about a 31 degree night last night here sure. in North Texas. So within the next three to five days, these vines will defoliate, all these leaves will fall off. Now, one thing that you may have caught Mr. Snyder say is that they are not a licensed nursery. And what that means is while the school can harvest the grapes, they can't harvest them to sell them or to make wine. So they don't do that. But it's not the grapes that are really the important thing at Grayson College. It's the rootstock. Grayson College ships 18-inch cuttings across the country for research and for the purpose of licensed nurseries to once again graft varietals onto that rootstock. It's a pretty long process. There's a pretty big waiting list for viticulturists and winemakers, and these individuals provide donations to the college simply to offset the cost of shipping. Grayson College has sent 47 states these cuttings. So there is an incredible amount of interest across the U.S. And once again, when I talked about the fact that, you know, having these aphids as hitchhikers and being able to have rootstock that can eliminate what happens to the actual plant, it's kind of a scarring thing that allows disease to come in is, is critical. So I really focused on Dr. Munson's work with the rootstock, but don't be fooled. His endeavors weren't solely for research purposes. He really intended to not only promote the study of agriculture, but he thought he was going to produce some pretty good wine. Uh, there are some winemakers who've had success with the varietals. They're generally part of a blended wine. 
Dr. Munson wasn't quite as successful, so producing the rootstock was what was really important in his work. Planted these varieties, was he planting them just for the research purposes, or was his eventual thought that they'd be able to be propagated and wine would be produced no, he, or whatever? He was, I mean, he, he was a horticulturist in general. I, I have an eBay search that I keep on on him, and anytime that something comes up on eBay, it alerts me. Well, I found an 1880 nursery catalog from him, an original, oh. and actually it just says 188 and then a blank, so it could have been as early as Now, most of these, when a viticulturist or a winemaker asks for the rootstock or varietal, these produce grapes in the southern hemisphere of the U.S. in order to make it disease resistant to something called Pierce's disease. So California, Texas, and Missouri are some of the notable growing regions for Dr. Munson's varietals. One of the active vineyards in the state of Texas is called Fairhaven Vineyards and they're located in Hawkins, Texas. And I say that's probably kind of near the New Braunfels, um, Austin, all that kind of area. And they produce a wine from a grape known as the Lamanto grape, L-O-M-A-N-T-O. It's grown, bottled, and sold in Texas and it's really very good. Now to wrap up my tour of Denison, I then had an opportunity to visit Dr. Munson's last homestead and it was christened Vanita by the family. And remember at the beginning of the wine cast, I talked about this wine that was named Vanita. Cynthia Perez, who works with Grayson College, took me on a guided tour of the home. It sits on a state that was originally 15 acres of land with seven vineyards. Grayson College and the city of Denison really take great pride in the home. Dr. Munson designed it himself in the 1800s, so not only was he a horticulturist, he was an inventor, he was an architect. And the estate currently serves as another learning center and museum to his work. But when they built it, it definitely wasn't a museum because he and his wife had seven kids. That's a lot. They beat me out by three. <laughs> The home boasts a full-size basement, and that's really similar to what I grew up with. Um, basements here are pretty rare in Texas because of our heavy clay soils. There are lots of books, there are a lot of his original writings, and there's actually a replica of the medal that he was awarded for his work in France and some of the original furnishings in his house. Now, if you ever think you're going to be in Denison, Texas in the future, or if you're in the Dallas area, I would really encourage you to email Grayson College and put a tour of both the Memorial Vineyard and the Vanita home on your schedule. It will take you about a half a day going back and forth if you're coming from Dallas. But for wine lovers, I think you'll really love it and it will give you such an appreciation for the fact that the state of Texas was so instrumental in helping 
to save, in effect, what was a deadly disease in French vineyards in the mid-1800s. Dr. Munson passed away in 1913, and the Memorial Vineyard was established in 1975, just to kind of give you some bearings on the, the timing. And then, as is fitting in French society, when you go to France, you'll see several statues of Dr. Munson honoring his contributions to our modern-day wine industry. Now, I'm going to finish off this wine cast with a quick tasting of the Veneta wine. This is a blended red label produced by McPherson from grapes harvested from the Memorial Vineyard. I was fortunate to be given this as a gift by Miss Perez at the conclusion of the tour. It's got a deep dark berry nose, a deep red color, and what's interesting is there's almost like a purple halo around it. Um, so it's a really interesting color when you swirl it. The bottle doesn't list the varietals included, but it definitely reminds me of a Sangiovese in taste. You know, kind of a little acidity, a deep cherry flavor, and medium tannins. And this was truly, truly a special treat. You know, this is a special, special cheer to Dr. Munson and to his life's work. Because without that rootstock, we may not have the great wines that we have around the world today. This is Diane Roberts with Positive Vines Winecast. Remember, always drink what makes you happy. Think positively and drink responsibly. Until next time.